You are listening to a broadcast of Dublin First Baptist Church, Pastor Cameron McGill in Dublin, North Carolina. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist Church and the Lake Church to hear from God's Word. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just a moment. Um, Before I have a time of prayer, I want you to consider um, an area of your life that... um, you just need some guidance and some help in. You, maybe there's a, a burden that you're facing. Maybe there's some area of your life that this you would describe as being broken. We just sang a song about a, a wonderful, beautiful, powerful name. And as you're thinking about that situation in your life or that place in your life or that part of your life, I want you to know that There is nothing that you're facing that that name Jesus cannot restore. So as a a testimony of of the power of images, I want you just to breathe that name Jesus out and give that brokenness or that burden to him. Just, Just breathe out the name Jesus. Dear God, we thank you for the opportunity to be in this place. Lord, thank you for the opportunity of worship through song. It just draws us into your presence, into a holy presence. You are such a gracious, merciful God, and we are so blessed by the opportunity you've given us to be here and to to enjoy this time together and to be in your presence of a holy, powerful, awesome creator God. God, we come to you today knowing that there are places in our life that, that we must have your touch. We so need that touch. We need healing and restoration and reconciliation. So God, help us to be open to the word that you have for each one of us, individually and for Dublin as a church. God, we need to hear a word from you. I pray that nothing distracts from us hearing that word. In Christ and we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, you know that we recently moved here from Galatia area, and we've been here six or so weeks. And as we moved, one of the first things we moved, um, because we had a trailer available, was the washer and dryer. And we, we set that in the house, and we hooked it up, and we turned the washing machine on. We were going to do a first load of clothes after we kind of got some things here. And I pushed the button, and the lights came on, and all the little whistles and bells worked. Um, but it wouldn't fill up with water. Now, what good is a washing machine where all the bells and whistles work, but it won't fill up with water? So what did I do? I, I called Cameron. I said, Cameron, do you know someone in the community that's a good washing machine repair guy? And he said, call Roscoe. Is Roscoe here? Yeah. So I did. Never met Roscoe. I said, Mr. Rayner, this is David Foster. I, I've just moved to the area, and I, I've got a washing machine that won't fill with water. And he says, let me ask you a question. Does it have knobs on it, or is it one of those digital things? <laughs> I said, it's digital. He said, well, he said, I, I could fix it, but it would cost more to get the part than, than the washing machine. He said, I would just re- recommend you go buy a new one. So let me ask you a question. Do you have anything in your home that's broken that needs to be repaired? 
No, so you don't have anything in your house broken? I'm amazed by that. Let me ask that again. Do you have something in your house that's broken that needs repairing? Okay. What, what do you do with something when it needs to be repaired or it's broken? What, first of all, how do you know when something's broken? It, it doesn't work. Okay. It doesn't do what it's designed to do. That washing machine was not designed just to light up and make little noises. It was designed to fill with water and wash clothes. But it didn't work because it wouldn't fill with water and wash the clothes. So you know something's broken when it's not doing what it was designed to do. Now, today in our world, we turn on the news, and we're not surprised at any given time to see something come across the top of the TV screen or bottom of the TV screen that says, Breaking News. Because there's something going on in some part of the world that's chaotic, that's broken. When we look at our world, we, we see North Korea and Iran, Iraq. We see the Middle East. We see Germany. We see Britain in a mess. Uh, there's chaos. There's brokenness on this world. Now, when we think about the United States, is there brokenness in the USA? We don't have to look far. We can see, in fact, a lot of the breaking news stories that are on the TV have to deal with things that are taking place in the United States. In fact, there are apps that you can get for your phone that will alert you when there's breaking news. How many of you have that app on your phone? A few do. Do you want to see that? I, I, I don't have one on there because I just, I, I'll see it later. But sometimes you want to know about what's going on in real time. But we recognize the fact that there's things that are broken. Washington is broken. There's chaos in Washington. It's the blame game. Everybody has their own spin about what's taking place, and they bring their own attitude and mindset and mind thought to that situation and blame the other folk. It's been like that for a long, but it's getting so much worse. Washington is broken, scandal after scandal. It's amazing. How about Hollywood? Is Hollywood broken? Hollywood's broken. Those that we lift up as stars, actors and actresses, they're broken. The sports world, is it full of brokenness? It's amazing. I grew up in the 60s and 70s watching Olympics, and I love to watch the Olympics. And one of the favorite events of the Olympics that I was the decathlon. And I remember growing up watching Bruce Jenner. He won 10 events. He won, he, it was amazing to see what he did. He had his face all over the Wheaties box, and you know, little boys then wanted to be just like Bruce Jenner, just to be the athlete, that determination, that perseverance, that strength. And today he's known as Caitlin. Now, some of you that don't may not know, that's like Michael Phelps, the Olympic swimmer, this won amazing number of medals, waking up tomorrow and describing to the world that his name is now Michelle. It's kind of hard to get our heads wrapped around the, the brokenness that's taking place within people's lives. How about in Bladen County? Is there brokenness in Bladen County? Last week I was visiting with a meeting in a, in a ministerial uh, group and one of the ladies talked about the need that they're having in, uh, in uh, Clarkton. On June the 15th, they're having a, the town of Clarkton is coming together with its residents to talk about the violence and the crime that's taking place in Clarkton. There's been some recent shootings in Clarkton. Um, I, I'm discouraged to hear that. I'm surprised by it. Not so much. Uh, there's probably some brokenness in Dublin. You know, but the, the fact is there's brokenness around this world and we need to understand that and recognize the fact that there's something that can be done about this. There's, there's something that, that can bring rest, restoration to that brokenness. Now, with the washing machine, with the coffee pot, 
when those things are broken and they don't work like they're supposed to work, what do we do? What can we often do with those? Throw them away. What was that? Call Roscoe. Roscoe, call Roscoe. He'll say, "Throw it away. Get a new one." I had a VCR one time. This is several years ago, and it quit working, so I took it to a VCR repair guy. And he looked at it and he said, well, I could repair it, but that cost a part, just similar to what Roscoe said, that part will cost more than the whole VCR, and you probably, if I fix that, it'll never go bad again, but there's another part on that VCR that will, will quit. He said, so my advice to you is, don't repair this one, go buy a new one. It's a throwaway world. It's a throwaway world, and, and our landfills are filling up, and our houses are filling up, we, we'll... We'll say, I'll, I'll throw that away later. We'll, we'll put that to the side and go buy something new and replace it. And pretty soon all the storage space in our house is full because of the brokenness that we see and that we deal with. This world's broken and we need to be able to know that there's something that we can do about that. But there are some things, guys, that are too valuable to throw away. When your truck stops working, do you just throw it away? You do? <laughs> No, you, you, no matter what the cost, you take that in to fix it within reason. Okay? The same thing with the boat. There are just some things that have too much value that you simply don't discard those, even though we live mostly in a throwaway world. But the truth is, it's really easy for me to stand here behind this place, in this church, and talk about the brokenness in North Korea and in Washington and in Hollywood and in the sports world, and in Clarkton, and maybe even in Dublin. It's easy for me to talk about the brokenness in the, the person I may meet on the street that has an addiction problem. But the deeper truth is, it's very difficult for me to talk about the fact that I'm broken, that there is brokenness within me. And it's so very important for us as, as the family of God to recognize that brokenness. First of all, you need to recognize that brokenness before you can even become a part of God's family. You've got to recognize that you're bound by sin. And the wages of that sin, if you stay in that, is death. That's separation from God. So we have to recognize our brokenness before we can come to be a part of God's family. And after we're part of God's family, we still recognize the fact that our life too often is broken. But we don't like to admit that. I don't want to admit that I'm broken. I can talk about the person beside me. I can talk about my neighbor and the problems I see in their life. But why is it so hard for me to admit that I've got a brokenness? Maybe it's pride. Maybe it's fear. Maybe I want to create this facade that people see me and they say, man, his life is really together. But yet on the inside, I'm falling apart. I'm dying inside. You see what happens if you stay in that brokenness or you allow that broken part of your life to grow, it'll eventually take over and it'll destroy. You know, Satan's desire is, is to come into our life and to blow us up, to bust in the door and destroy us. And he does that one way through brokenness. We have to admit that we're broken. In fact, I want you to think in your mind right now. Think about a, an area of your life and, and if you can say to yourself, I am broken, say that. Think about that place in your life that's out, that you know is outside of God's plan, outside of God's will, not in line with Him. 
it, it, it's eating you up inside and no one knows. Um, it, it, it's, you're trying to protect it or hold on to it and it's growing stronger day by day. So think, to you, I am broken. Now to do something a little, little deeper, a little more difficult. I want you to say it out loud. As you think about your life and your brokenness, we have to admit the fact that we're broken. So, so if there's an area of your life, don't worry about what the person beside you hears. If there's some area of your life that is outside of the will of God and that you have not allowed him or he has not yet taken from you, say, I am broken. The first step of, of restoration is humility before God. Recognizing how holy He is and how sinful we are. If we cannot say to ourselves and be honest, I am broken, we will not receive restoration. You have got to be able to confess the fact that we're broken. Now, it was not hard for this congregation to say Washington is broken, Hollywood is broken. But sometimes it's hard to say, I am broken. But we need to do that. We need to be able to say, we have to be able to say that I am broken. But you know, there's a greater truth than that in the song we sang earlier. It said, my sin was great, but God's grace was greater. God loves you so much. And I want you to hear this, those of you that were able to confess that you're broken. God loves you so much that he does not want to leave you that way. God sent his son, Jesus, to repair that which is broken. Do you think God will ever say to those of us created in his image, you know, you're not worthy of being fixed or you are so broken I can't do anything with you so I'm going to discard you I'm going to throw you away would God ever say that to anyone do you think if you think if he think if you think he will never because I want to get you guys to respond because I, I if you think God will never say that somebody raise your hand if God will never say to anyone, you are not worthy of being saved, you are too broken, I will not save you. If you, if you think God would ever say that, raise your hand. He won't. Because we, are all, we all have too much value. God loved us so much that he did something to show us his great love for us. John 3, 16. You guys know it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever who does that exclude anyone is that whosoever does that exclude anyone no that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life whoever recognizes that Jesus is the one that heals their brokenness they can be restored they can experience what it means to have restoration in that brokenness in their life repaired and fixed. He's not going to throw us away. 
But so many times I think we've heard that verse and we've, we've lived so long under that truth that God so loves me that he sent a son. We've heard it so much that it's become powerless. We've allowed that, the gospel in that message, in that scripture to lose its strength and its punch and its power. And we don't live our days as we go through the day in the power of that verse. Then we are overcomers and there's nothing that can bind us and break us that Jesus cannot restore and bring fullness and wholeness to. Is there an answer to the brokenness in this world? Is there an answer? I don't know if you're convinced. Is there an answer to the brokenness in Washington? Is there an answer to the brokenness in Hollywood? Is there an answer to the brokenness in the sports world? Is there an answer to the brokenness that's in Clarkton and in Dublin? Is there an answer to the brokenness that's in your life? What's his name? His name is Jesus. And he is the one that brings restoration when you recognize your need for him. But it's so hard for us, it's so hard for us to recognize that. Now, when you recognize your brokenness before Christ and you accept him as your Lord and Savior and he comes in through the Holy Spirit and he washes away your sin and he makes you a part of the family of God, is that all there is to it? And from then on you're good? No. You see, what that brings for us is justification. When we accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, recognizing that we're lost in our sin, and we come to know Christ, we talked about that last time I was here, we are justified before God through Christ. It's through the cross. And we have salvation from that point on for all eternity. And we will live with God in heaven for all eternity. Okay? But we're still here, right? While we are still here as justified believers, as justified children of God, we are to live sanctified lives. We are to live transforming lives. We are to look more and more like Christ as we live our days. And we cannot look like Christ if we're broken. If there's brokenness in our life, it also dims the light of Christ in our lives so those outside of our life cannot see the glory of God and the power of God. Our responsibility, church, is to show the light of Christ out in this world. Psalm 51, 10-17 Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, or take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with the willing spirit. I'm not sure if there's a person in here that doesn't need to experience the truth found in those two verses, three verses. You need to have the joy of salvation restored. You need to have the right spirit within you so that people can see Christ in you. It tells us that our responsibility in verses 13 and 14. Then, once we have, have been restored and we have the joy of the Lord in our life again, then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. We're going to show them Christ. We're going to be able to say to this world that's broken, I have an answer because I found the answer. Jesus has healed my brokenness and he can do the same thing for you. 
I saw something on TV. I, I think actually somebody sent me this on, as a Facebook video. It's a little experiment, and you've probably seen something just like it. But they took this little girl. She was probably eight or nine years old, and they dressed her up nice, and they stood her in front of a, a big building. It looked like a courthouse building, and she just stood there to see how people were, would react to her. Well, several people came up to her to ask her if she was lost, if they could help her, if she needed something, if there was some way they could be of assistance. They took the same girl, and they dressed her up in ratty, ragged clothes. They put dirt and soot on her face and messed her hair up and stuck an old toboggan on her head and put her in the very same spot. What do you think happened? Not one person spoke to her. People walked right by her. Beside her, behind her, in front of her, and not one person even looked her way. You know how I think our world got so broken? Because those of us in Christ stopped seeing the brokenness in this world. We walked right by them. We don't even see them anymore. But if we remember that there is no one that God will throw away, we cannot close our eyes to those around us in need. There's a brokenness in Dublin, in Elizabethtown, and in Clarkton, and in Bladenboro, at the lake, in the campgrounds. It's huge. We need to see it. We need to take the message of restoration to those broken people. Because Jesus came and died for those whosoever. For those folks. So our lives need to be lives of transformation. We need to live lives that that shine out Christ's life from all of us. It's not just a one-time thing. But it's something that becomes a lifelong journey walking with Christ. I've been in the ministry for, for about 30 years. I pastor at one church for 23 and a half years. And there's some really joys about that. There's some exciting things to being able to be a pastor in a church that long. But there are also some things that are kind of on the downside. And one of those things that jumps out at me the most is, is people that that grew up in the church and they were involved in Bible study and Sunday school and they were involved in Bible drill and, and mission opportunities and mission friends and RAs and GAs. They, they, they served the Lord and on mission trips as a youth. Or, or the parent had their child involved in church, but then at some point they just decide to go their own way. And it's not just young people. I've seen the same thing happen in senior adults. I've seen the same thing happen in median adults. They get to the place where this thing about Jesus is not real serious. That I don't have to take Christianity very serious. Well, it is time, congregation, for us to take Christianity seriously. We need to show the world that Jesus is who He says He is, and the only way they can see Him is to see Him through us. We need to see as Jesus sees and reach out to those that are going through that brokenness. But we have to open ourselves up to that. Same, same psalm, Psalm 51, verses 3 and 4. 
Here's the confession and the honesty and the humility before God. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. So see, David recognized his sin. Then he called out to God, verse 10. What's that first word in verse 10? Create. God is a God of creation. How many of you believe that God created that there is? The heavens and the earth. Now, when God created the heavens and the earth, did he take some, some uh, rocks that were still floating around out there somewhere and put them together and make earth and make... Uh, he created all of that out of what? Nothing. God took nothing and created all that there is. That same word in Genesis 1.1, in the beginning God created, is the same word he used here. Create in me. A new heart, oh God. Take, because we have nothing in our life that's worth God molding and forming. He's got to make something new. David recognized that because of his sin. He said, God, make a new heart. Put a new heart in me. Create in me a clean heart, a new heart, oh God. And renew a right spirit within me. We need to be able to confess that. And we come to him in humility. Verse 17 says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. We come to God in our, in our prayer time and in our, in our desires, and we come kind of with a haughty attitude. We come with the boldness of telling God what we want. We come with God with a list of things we want God for to do to us. Rarely do we come to God and just say, God, I recognize you are the creator out of nothing. And I fall on my face before you. I am not worthy to be in your presence, God, but because of your great love for me, you've made that possible. How many times do we come to God in humility? Acts 3.19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that at times of refreshing may come from the Lord. 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will what? Humble themselves and pray. He didn't say pray first. Humble themselves and pray. Recognize who God is that you're talking to. Humble themselves and pray. Seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Turn away from that brokenness. Then I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. That's a promise of restoration. This restoration is only something that God could do. He is the one that creates it. He is the one that creates in us a right spirit. What does it mean to be a right spirit? It's... It's that which is right, that which is true, that which is fixed and firm. As you, as you think about your Christian life right now, would you say that your life is true and fixed and firm and right? Or would you say my life is kind of chaotic, it's kind of crazy? And I don't know why. It's very likely that there's brokenness there that you haven't turned it over to God. This past Friday morning, I was out at the lake, um, wanted to see the sunrise. It's a beautiful place to, to just go out there and uh, in, in the cool mornings that we have now and, and as the sun comes up, just to see the sights is beautiful. But then to feel the warmth of that sun on your body is amazing. And I thank God for the opportunity to do that. 
But this Friday morning I was out, the sun was coming up, and, and I really appreciated it the Friday because we've had so much rain the last week. And I, I know that you were probably glad, tired of seeing clouds and rain. I was ready to see some sunshine. So I was looking for that sun to come up. And as, I, as the sun come, came up, I heard some geese out to the, my left. And I wasn't paying much attention. I just knew they were out there. And I heard them, they, 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 that sound of their honking got closer and closer. Um, then I got, in fact, I got a picture I wanted to show you. If you put that picture up there. There it is, sunrise. And, and those geese came, and I watched them as they crossed that, that sunrise glistening off the, the lake. And, and I noticed something about those geese. What do you notice about those geese? They're, they're in a line. There's one geese in front, one goose. There's one goose in front, and the other gooses are following. <laughs> the, the, the geese weren't in a big huddle, all going at the same, trying to get in lead. They, they weren't all in a line going this way, all going that way, they, they weren't zigzagging around. Uh, one goose didn't break out and just start circling and kind of aimlessly going. They all followed the one in the lead. And I didn't notice any of the ones that were behind trying to get in front of the one in the lead. They were all were following in that line. And it, it seemed to me that they were just gliding across that top of that smooth lake. Looked like it was very little effort. They were all in the wake of the one that was in the front. You know, God, God shows us visual images of His love and His power, and He speaks to us in some wonderful ways. So many times we just don't have our eyes open for that, but I saw that that morning. He showed me, David, that's what it means to be right and fixed and firm and true. Follow Christ. He's the one in the lead. Stay in his wake, and it's okay. It doesn't mean it'll be easy all the time, but it's where he wants you to be. It's the right place to be. Not zigzagging all over the world. I, what, I, what I see of people uh, in our culture and what I see of people in churches is, is, is chaotic, and they're just, they'll go to this idea and then this idea, and they're just trying to find some, something that's true. We said the name at the very beginning of the message. It's Jesus. He, he's the one that we need to align ourselves behind. Jesus is our only firm foundation. There's a song that you know well, and it says, All other ground is what? Some other ground? Occasional other ground? No. All. Other ground is sinking sand. Individual Christian, if you're not in line with Christ, then, then you're not showing to the world the power of the restoration of God. Do you know someone in your life that's broken? Maybe your neighbor, maybe someone you work with, maybe your husband, maybe your wife, maybe your children. Do you know somebody that's broken? God saved us. He justified us to transform us so that we could be ambassadors of God for this world. And if, if I'm broken, 
and I'm not taking that and I'm not turning to God for restoration through my humility, then I'm not going to be able to be a bright light for those that are broken around me. And that's my responsibility. As a Christian, I'm to represent Jesus to this world. Would you agree with me that this world needs to see Jesus in somebody? He needs to see Jesus in us. So I, I challenge you, th this week, you know, think, think about those geese and that one in the front, and they're following that. that. That's in line, that's fixed, that's firm, that's true. That's following Christ. I, I love the things Jesus says when he goes up to those that he meets, his disciples, and he says to them just simple words. He says, follow me. Follow me. Jesus gives us that same invitation. He wants us to follow him. I don't know where you are today in your relationship with Christ. I don't know if you are a part of God's family. You may have been a member of this church for a long time. But you know you can still be a member of a church and not know Jesus. You, you may have been baptized. Did you know that you can be baptized and not really have a personal relationship with Christ? So I don't know where you are in that. But today the truth is, is God can restore you. He can, he can create in you a new heart. It'd make you part of that family. If that's where you are today, no matter how long you've been a part of whatever church, you can come forward today and, and that takes humility. But my guess is I'm talking to most of us in here are part of God's family. But we've lived our life like we want to live it. We kind of know that we're supposed to follow God and we're supposed to let Him be our lead. But we choose to go our own way. What does he know? Uh, you know, I just, I'm going to try this a while. So we kind of break, break ranks and we turn and go our own way. You confess that's brokenness and there's no, there's no good thing in that. Come to Christ. Come to Jesus. Bring your brokenness to him in humility. For your own wholeness. For the wholeness that that will create within your family. For the, for the fact that that wholeness will be able to shine through you in a way that people can see Jesus in you. Because the only hope for this broken world is Jesus. And I believe if we Christians started living like we believe that, we would see a change. Let's pray. Dear God, you know my heart. You know the hearts of each person that's in this room. And Lord, you know my faults. You know my burdens. And God, you know my brokenness. And until I confess that to you, God, you're not going to fix it. And that's true with others in this room. So God, first I... I pray that you give us the wisdom and the boldness to say, I'm broken. And the only one that can help me is Jesus. So I've got to go to him in humility to be restored. And then God, help us to realize that that restoration comes at a cost. It costs Jesus his life. And Lord, it costs us to put ourselves aside and become your ambassador. 
So God, I pray that you raise up in Dublin First Baptist Church uh, such a powerful group of ambassadors of Christ that it changes this community's brokenness, that it has the answer to the brokenness in this, in this area, and it reaches out beyond this community, Lord, to the communities around there. And, and the other churches begin to catch fire when they see what's happening in this place. The only hope for this broken world is for those in Christ to shine. So let us shine. But God, we first have to come just as we are, broken icons.